You're listening to the Cheer Biz Podcast, where we dive into the business of running and owning your gym. Join us as we speak to industry experts, business gurus, and discuss how we can take your passion and turn it into profit. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and today we are going to be talking about which metric matters the most. Now, before we get into the episode, make sure you've headed on over to Cheer Gym Owners on Facebook and you've joined that group if you're a gym owner. If you're a coach or a coach and owner, also join our all-star cheer coaches and owners group and head over to nextgenowners.com to make sure you know everything about NextGen and what we can do to help you grow your business business. Last but not least, make sure you're checking out our summer conference series with our first event right after All-Star Worlds in Orlando. It's really more of a spring event than a summer event, but we have tracks for both owners and coaches. And if you're there for Worlds or you're there for All-Star Worlds, you can fit this conference in. It's going to be absolutely amazing and you're not going to have to add on additional travel. You should also make sure you are checking out our conference in Dallas. It is going to be absolutely huge. Last year, we had over 450 attendees. We have multiple tracks. I'm talking five plus tracks going on, multiple coaches tracks, managers tracks, owners tracks, business tracks, academy only tracks. There is so much good content coming out in this conference. Uh, You are not going to want to miss it. So make sure you are getting signed up for our Dallas conference this summer in June. Now let's get into the episode. So Danielle reached out to me and posed this as a, a question and a discussion point. And she basically said, you know, we you know, what do you think is the metric that matters the most? And she had her own opinion on things. And we kind of went back and forth, uh, just kind of chatting about it and, and brainstorming. And it all started because she had been talking to a client and, and going over their numbers. And this client was really focused on increasing their arm. And we've talked a lot about metrics on the podcast. We talk a lot about metrics uh, in the academy. And they're really, really important. Uh, We talk about how to increase certain ones. We talk about how to track them. And metrics basically are are checking the pulse of our business, right? We're looking at the overall health of everything going on. We know our numbers. We're tracking a lot of really important information. So in this episode, we're going to be diving into which metric really matters the most? What is the one that you should be absolutely laser focused on at all times? And and if this one is off, that's where your attention needs to be. So the first metric I want to talk about is average revenue per member per month. That's the arm that uh, Danielle was discussing with this client. And what your arm is, is exactly that. It's that average revenue per member per month. And we kind of set our our golden ticket arm as our goal should be to always be at around a hundred dollars per member, uh, for a general health of the gym. Now this isn't always accurate because there's no one size fits all in the world. And there are a lot of things that are going to impact your arm. So when we look at arm, what we're going to do is we're going to take our entire gross revenue, all of the monies that come in, 
And we're going to divide that by the number of members that we have. And that is going to tell us the average revenue per member per month. So you need to know what your revenue is. If you don't, and you don't know how to find that, or you don't actively track that every single month, that's actually where you need to start. You need to start by tracking how much money you have coming in. If you don't know that, uh, and you don't have to know it off the top of your head because it's going to change. Uh, I have months where my revenue is well over $160,000, but that's because we're charging for you know, uniforms and all these other things that bring in a big amount of assessments and fees that are then going to be a cost of goods that's then going to go out. So I have some months where my arm is super impressive, and then I have some months where my arm is much lower. And that is going to be impacted by all of the revenue that you're bringing in. Now, do we want to always be aiming for those really high revenue targets? Yeah, absolutely we do. But your revenue is going to fluctuate, and it does in almost every other business. Even when you are purely subscription-based, you're going to gain and lose subscriptions. So those things are going to happen. Now, ARM is so important because it tells us how impactful adding new members is going to be. And if our arm is really, really low, we definitely need to be aware of that as a key factor. Now, there are also some other factors, though, that will impact your arm. So if you were to talk to someone who was charging not $100 for classes, and they have a 1,000 members... Well, even though they're not charging a hundred dollars a month, those those members are going to be paying, uh, let's say, eighty dollars a month. We'll use a nice round number. If you have those members paying eighty dollars a month, but you have a thousand of them, your revenue is going to be pretty freaking solid each month. Now, if you have, but you can accomplish the same thing by having a much higher arm and a uh, lower member count. So there's there's kind of a balance in that. ARM is not like the, the magic bullet. It is the first one that I generally look at when I'm working with a gym is I want to know what their ARM is. And not because ARM is like the be-all, end-all, but it's definitely going to tell me some of the directions I can focus on helping them improve their business. Now, there are so many factors to this that the first thing you need to do if you don't know is know your arm. And also know we, again, in the all-star cheer industry, we really look at that $100 number as kind of like a baseline for health. But if you are a heavily focused all-star gym or you your main focus is teams and your arm is 100, I would tell you your arm is way too low because you have so many pass-through expenses that if you're making $100 per member per month, then you are probably too low unless you have a massive class program that charges less than $100 per month. If you understand what I'm saying, what I'm saying is every member you add below that $100 mark on a tumbling program is actually going to decrease your arm. So for me, because I have a high all-star presence in my gym, 
and I'm on the West Coast, and we attend varsity events, so our cost of uh, events is fairly expensive, and we attend end-of-season events like Summit and Worlds, my arm is always really high because my recreational program is actually really good, uh, but we don't have 400 kids in it. If we had 400 kids in our recreational program, it would decrease my ve- what looks like my very, very impressive arm. So you have to make sure that you are understanding things at a nuanced level. Now, I know I've, for some of you, your eyes have glazed over and you've, you've maybe even turned off the episode, and I certainly hope you haven't, uh, but it is such an important piece to understand how your pricing is impacting your arm. And I'm very passionate about pricing. Everyone in NextGen knows I'm the guy who says, you know, increase your prices, increase your prices, charge what you're worth. Like that's that's really something that I'm passionate about. But it's also not just a carte blanche fix. You can't just jack up your prices whenever you want. The next metric that we talk a lot about but gets frequently ignored is what we call return on investment or ROI. Now, you hear ROI thrown around a lot on like, what's your ROI on an advertisement? Uh, what's your ROI on, well, ads really is probably the most thing you hear it on is what was your ROI? How much did you spend versus how much uh, money did you make off of that ad? How many people registered? How many people joined? And that's really the number one metric that people look at uh, when it comes to ROIs is related to ads. But when you're looking at your ROI, what you really need to be looking at is all of the things that you're paying out for. And one of the ones that gym owners get the worst ROI on are their staff and their building. They're some of their most expensive costs, and they get the lowest return on investment. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, most gyms are only open for around four to five hours a day. And oftentimes, gyms will be closed on Fridays or Saturdays or Sundays. So now you're getting a really low return on the investment of that building that you're paying for. You own it. You can be in it 24 hours a day if you want to. Now, am I suggesting that you work 24 hours a day? No, but I am suggesting that you look at getting the highest return on investment for the building that you're paying for. There are ways to leverage that asset and get more revenue coming in through it. You just have to be creative. Now, you also have to be cautious because I've seen gyms uh, do this and they're like, oh, we're going to add XYZ programming in the middle of the day. But they just assume, well, because I've already covered rent and, you know, it's a, I get an immediate return on investment because I'm adding a program. Uh, The problem is, is that you have staffing, you have higher electrical bills, Uh, depending on where you live, you may have to heat the facility or cool the facility, and that may increase expense. So you need to know how much it really does cost you to open the gym for an hour on top of what you're paying for rent. So if you know those things, then you can factor in how to get the best return on investment. So understanding how to get more out of your building is a huge piece. The next piece you need to look at is the return on investment of your staff. I know finding good staff is a challenge, but once you have them, how do you get the biggest return on investment from them? Uh, I was recently talking to a gym owner who had hired a, a coach 
And I, I'm not going to out what she was paying this person, but she was paying this person way more than I would ever recommend paying an employee unless they're in, they have a huge return on investment. Uh, this is where we see people get into a bad spot with like putting people on a salary. They say, hey, I'm going to give you $3,500 a month uh, to work for me and uh, you're going to be my my class director or my tumbling director. And that's all they tell someone. And so that person comes in and they teach some classes and they do some things and they do what you could get an average employee to do for a much lower amount. So you got to make sure that you're getting a return on that staff member's time. My kind of number that I look for is what I'm paying a staff member, I should be getting a return on investment that is close to five to 10 times more in terms of revenue coming in than what I'm paying that instructor. 10 times is like the beautiful goal. Five times is like a very reasonable goal where I look at that and I say, okay, I'm paying this instructor. Let's say I'm paying an instructor $3,500 a month. Then that means each month they should be making 5X that amount of revenue for me which is a pretty hefty sum, right? It's like over 30K in revenue should be coming in for this person, or I'm sorry, not 30K, um, $15,000 should be coming in for this person getting a 5X return. So we wanna make sure that we're really getting our money's worth out of these instructors, okay? We also wanna look at are there classes full, right? To increase our return on investment from our staff, we need to look at what our headcount is. And if we have a low headcount, so what we're looking at here is we're looking at our enrollment. And when we look at our enrollment, we need to look at how many members do we have in the gym? And not only that, but how many members do we have in the gym that are attending each individual class? You have to set what your standard is for your instructor to student ratio. But if you have an instructor to student ratio that's very low, right? Like maybe it's a one to three ratio, then your return should be really high. Those people are going to have to pay more money for a lower ratio. You're going to have to charge more for that class. If you are charging the same for all of your classes and you have a number of classes that are at one, two, and three kids, you're not really getting a good return on investment for that time. Not only time in the instructor, but time in the gym, right? That that class is taking up a slot that could be making money for your program. And you want to make sure that all of your classes are bringing in a good return. So you want to look at the headcount of your gym and of each class. And if you find that there are classes with very low registration, then you should be focused on increasing that. So you're getting a higher return on investment out of the time that you've already allocated in your gym. Are there certain circumstances where you might cut some classes? Yes. Although oftentimes that's not the answer. The answer is oftentimes to increase enrollment versus cut the expense. Are there times to cut expenses? Absolutely. But oftentimes the expenses that people cut are the wrong thing at the wrong time. So when you cut 
expenses by cutting classes, uh, you actually decrease the attractiveness of your program if you have a decent class programming structure uh, because now people have less options of things to attend. And that can actually create a barrier for future clients because they're not available on the days that you offer that class for the skill set that they have. So that's oftentimes not the answer. However, if you look at your classes and you say, man, I've got two instructors scheduled for this class and they do not work actively the entire time. I've got two instructors and I've got three kids in the class. You've got that class overstaffed. Trim that instructor off. Maybe you cut expenses there or you find something else for that instructor to do. But you need to make sure that you're getting a high return on those people. And I'm all for having additional tasks for people to do, having additional things for staff members who maybe a class is low, so they do some maintenance or they do some cleaning. And that's all well and good. And that's great. But really, are you getting a high return on that investment of that staff member's time? Like, yes, we want to have a beautiful facility. Yes, we want our bathrooms clean and the garbage is taken out and all of those things. But if you're always just having your staff tidy the gym whenever they don't have anything to do, you should theoretically have a very tidy gym. But that tidy gym is not necessarily bringing in a whole bunch of money because you can have the cleanest gym in the world. If you don't have anyone registered for it, you're not going to make anything. So it is a great foot forward to have a clean gym. Uh, but find other things for those staff members to do, whether it be doing private lessons or semi-private lessons, uh, whether it be developing a curriculum or planning an event, you know, put, have things in people's list of these are your extra to do's. If you're ever running out of stuff to do, or you have a class that has low registration, you're getting a higher return on investment. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I, I know we're talking about headcount. I went back to ROI because the reality is, is that these things and the answer to which one of these matters most is it depends. And it depends on a lot of factors. As you can tell, I'm talking through these things and they're very interconnected. They're incredibly intertwined. Your arm is tied to your, uh, your head count. Your ROI is tied to everything. Uh, so there's so many different aspects that you need to understand to really determine which metric matters most for you. There is not a one size fits all of what metric matters most. Now, if I were to just pie in the sky, say the number, the, the top things you need to be looking at in your gym are you need to know what your revenue versus expenses is and your revenue needs to be higher. And you need to be looking at one metric that is incredibly hard to track but what is your happiness and satisfaction as an owner? If that is a metric that is low, you are unhappy, you're unsatisfied, then you need to be doing some things to fix that because your happiness and your investment in the program is vitally important for the growth of your gym. So looking at that and determining what are the factors impacting it are also a huge factor. And I'm going to do a whole nother episode on owner happiness uh, and satisfaction in the gym and the things that you should be looking at if you're feeling unsatisfied or if you start to feel unsatisfied, bitter, and unhappy. Back to the normal metrics. So as I said, it depends. Oftentimes, a metric can create a red herring. It's a lot like tumbling. Uh, 
When you're working with an athlete on their tumbling, I work with a lot of high level kids because I coach a world's team and I will have athletes that come to my gym to do privates and they want to do privates with me, uh, which, and I'm not trying to like, Ooh, I'm so amazing. That just is kind of how it works. I'm the world's coach. Um, and I don't have a ton of lessons available, so it doesn't happen a lot, but these kids will come in or kids from my gym will try and do a private with me. And they're like, Hey, I want to work on my double. Um, I actually had this just happen with one of my athletes on my world's team. She messaged me and she was like, Hey, can you help me fix my double on Sunday? I said, yeah, absolutely. We can work on it. Uh, and when we started looking at it, you know, oftentimes people would look at, well, the double full, right? That's that metric that is actually the red herring, um, which you're looking at the double full to try and fix it. But the reality is the double full isn't the problem. The reality is in this athlete's instance, the reality was their back handspring is the problem. Uh, their back handspring, their roundoff was actually pretty good, but their back handspring was not getting the correct angles. They weren't opening their shoulders. They weren't hitting a strong handstand position. There was a lot of things factoring into their ability to block and get their feet at the right angle to get the right amplitude and height to pull the double that was spinning fast. But the problem happened before. So just like tumbling, we need to look at all of the aspects. Oftentimes in tumbling, I will tell people, I, I say it all the time when I'm doing tumbling clinics. So I say the number one thing you should work on in your tumbling is your handstand and your round off. If those two things and your block, really, if you have all of those things correct and you're strong, right, you should also be looking at your conditioning, strength and flexibility. Um, if all of those things are in place, You've built this strong foundation that you're likely to see that when there are problems, it is in that specific skill at that moment in time. But most of the time, especially in cheerleading, that issue is happening earlier on in the progression of the skill. And you're building things on a foundation of toothpicks. You know, a bad hurdle leads to a bad round off, leads to a worse back handspring, leads to a bad back tuck or layout or double full. So the, ha the problem happens much earlier and we can do the same thing with our metrics. We can get really, really focused on our arm. And the reality is, is that the arm is something that we need to work on, but to fix the arm, we actually need to look at a different metric like the head count, um, or like the return on investment. And we need to focus on that and that will actually improve our arm over time. So but instead of just going, oh, we need to fix our arm and we're going to fix our arm by just jacking up our prices, that's like the, the quick, easy, cheap fix, which I'm always a fan of price increases in a, mar in a, in a certain scenario. Um, but you have to look at the broad spectrum of everything to determine which metric matters most. Now, if I lost you, if you've been listening for the past 23 minutes and your eyes have glazed over because you're like, I'm going all over the place. That's because this is a really complicated subject. It's not an easy answer. So as you leave this episode, I want you to do two things. Number one is I want you to make sure you know your metrics. If you don't know what metrics you should be calculating or you don't know them at all and don't know how to figure them out, then please reach out to NextGen. You can reach out to me. You can find me on Facebook. It's Dan Cotton. You can my email is dan at nextgenowners.com. Uh, reach out directly to us and figure out how we can help. We also have a number of free resources. You know, search metric in our groups. You will find uh, some things that we've put out on them. I've done other episodes on the metrics, uh, but we have ways that we can help you get it figured out. 
Number two is you need to get a coach. Why? Well, just like tumbling, you need someone who can look at the broad picture, someone who understands how to coach you through improving your metrics. You need to have a coach who can see those things, who can find the holes and who can help you on that journey. It is not an easy thing. And if you're trying to do it all yourself, it's very possible you're going to miss things because you're too close to the problem. You need the 30,000 foot view to look down and, or not even 30,000 foot. You just need to be able to have that perspective to step back and say, here is what you need to be focusing on to improve this metric. That is a problem. If you're just trying to attack that metric, you're actually going to miss things. And you're going to be that athlete who works on their double full, but only thinks about the double for three years and doesn't ever get it. A coach can make a huge difference. And that's what we do in NextGen. We coach you. We work alongside you to improve your gym. There is a reason the gyms in the NextGen Academy are thriving. And it's because they have amazing coaches who are doing this stuff in their gyms, who've been trained by me and Danielle and Shelly and Rihanna, and they know how to get things done the correct way. So I, I implore you, I know this is a very salesy moment, reach out to NextGen, get on a call with me or Justin or our team. Let's talk through what you have going on in your gym. Let's get you a coach. And let's get you moving the right direction so you can fix those metrics that are a problem. There is no better time than now. Why? Because you're starting the next season. If you can totally mess up your metrics for an entire year if you're an all-star gym and you don't set up next season correctly. Like I, I promise you because I've done it and I've seen countless gyms do it and then you're stuck in this really ugly position. So please reach out get help. We are here. We want to help you. If you can't join the Academy right now, take advantage of every free resource webinar, come to our conferences, get all the information you can get to a point where you can get in the Academy because it will change your life. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the episode as always check out the other podcasts that I'm going to plug right here at the end. And with that, we'll catch you on the next one. What up, party people? This is Jason Larkins, host of the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I've teamed up with Kristen Wheeler of the Cheer Mom podcast and Dan Cotton of the Cheer Biz podcast. That's right. Hey, everybody, Kristen here. We know that you love cheer, so why not dive into more perspectives? Tune into my podcast, the Cheer Mom podcast, for cheer issues spoken from the parent's perspective. Then head over to Dan's podcast, the Cheer Biz podcast, to learn from a gym owner on how to run a successful cheer business. And of course, don't miss the Let's Talk Cheer podcast featuring Jason Larkins, the one that we all know and love, where they talk about cheer from a coach's perspective. Which means whether you're a coach, a cheer parent, or a gym owner, we've got you covered. Find all three podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and stay tuned for new episodes each week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.